What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective Network. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review as it helps us out quite a lot. And also, if you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, let me know where you came from. Just shoot me a message at John C. Kroom um, and on Instagram. And yeah, let me know uh, how you heard about the podcast and uh, your favorite episode or whatever, and uh, make sure you say, hey. But anyways, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode with Maggie Coleslester of DNA Pro Cycling and the Canadian national team and Star Trek Cycling. Uh, anyways, we sit down and we chat with her about track cycling, road cycling, crit cycling, the crit life, um, her ambitions for the rest of the year coming into uh, 2023, as well as going all the way to the Olympic Games. Um, but yeah, we just sit down and we chat about how she balances everything. I mean, she's a yoga instructor. She's, a, you know, uh, a boyfriend, a daughter, as well as a crit racer, a track racer, a road racer. Like she just does it all. Um, so anyways, that's enough of me chatting, but let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. But first, let's hear a quick message from the sponsors. And guys, back for another episode of Sierra Nevada Brewing. If you haven't already, please make sure you go check out the hazy little thing. All you need to do is go to your uh, local uh, liquor store or your local beer garden and just say, hey, I want the hazy little thing from Sierra Nevada. Um, and if they don't have it, make sure you request it and let them know that they need to get it. Um, but I'm sure enough they'll have it. You can also go to SierraNevadaBrewing.com and check out all the different beers that they have. If IPAs aren't your thing, they got something for you. But like I said, I'm a hazy IPA kind of guy and that's what I'm going to go with. So go to SierraNevadaBrewing.com. Check them out today. Also back for another episode is thefeed.com. Guys, you want 50% off your first box. All you need to do is go down to the link in the description below. Um, and that is you to use thefeed.com slash van chats. And yeah, at your checkout, you get 50% off your first box. You can order as easy as a one gel, two gels, different flavors, different kinds. Um, test out new nutrition products. You can even order a pair of Normatex. So go check them out at thefeed.com slash vanchats. That's thefeed.com slash vanchats. But other than that, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective Network. I'm sitting here with Maggie's Coles Lister. See? Boom. Said it right. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she just got off her recent win at Harlem, and I mean, she's crushing Tulsa, and she look, she's still in one piece, so she came out on top at that race. It doesn't matter even how she finished, but uh, anyways, Maggie, how are you doing? I'm good. And yeah, as you said, in one piece, which is awesome. Yeah. You've, you, you were the running meme for last year's race, weren't you? Yeah. For rider safety uh, yeah, in that corner, had... right? <laughs> it, at Tulsa. Yeah. It was the one where yeah. like, oh my God, Maggie's going to win. And then boom, out of the corner, Maggie's nowhere to be seen. I just vanished. Yeah. That yeah. was when I was abducted by aliens. That was quite a time <laughs> of my life. So yeah. yeah, it's nice to get out of Tulsa unscathed this year. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And, uh, so what, like, I don't even know if we should dive into this, but I, I feel like we should, cause it seemed like a hot topic of the weekend rider safety. Like, mm -hmm. I think, I think it just all came to a head with Tulsa, but like, how are your, how are your feels? And I guess you can give me a political answer if you need to. But more or less, like, how are your feels on rider safety? Because you, you went, was it Gila that you went down? Yeah. Which is yeah, also known I mean, to be a crash fest as well. And, like, that was just, 
a completely spontaneous, like someone hit a bump, couldn't like ended up on their top tube and Nowhere crashed. And I just went down with them. So that didn't yeah. have to do with barriers or didn't really have to do with anything like that. I mean, I'm, there's a couple things at play. These courses have been around for ever. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, it just so happens like we're in a cycle where we're seeing a lot of crashes right now. And yeah, maybe there are things that race organizers can do to improve the just natural safety of the course. But I do think a huge reason we're seeing this right now is like we had two years basically without racing and lots of people getting really strong on Zwift and coming into the Peloton, but they had two years basically without racing yeah. or local racing with like 10 people. So it's there's a really lot of learning. new people. There's a lot of new, there's people, a lot of new people out there who are really strong yeah. and can be there, but uh, like haven't quite developed the skills and just the pack awareness. And so I do really think this is something like all these crashes we've seen over the past couple of years is something we'll see diminish probably over the next couple of years as people hopefully. just race their bikes, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a very hot topic right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, and I think I see it in the men's, you know, even in the men's side of things, and I kind of want to dive into this, the women's side, because it's like, there's one dominant team, right, or two dominant mm -hmm. teams, and then they keep that race so fast that the other guys are just hanging on for dear life, and then there's a few of those guys that can actually be in the mix, but they try to get into the mix when they shouldn't get into the mix, and that's what's caused it to crash, is like, do you think that's happening in the female rankings too it's like hey maybe if i'm just on maggie's wheel or if i'm just on skylar schneider's wheel like i'll get third or i'll get fourth and i'm strong enough to be here but i don't have the handling skills to take that corner like maggie who's willing to just go full gas into that corner but they they still try to sit there you get what i'm saying yeah yeah and i definitely think that is something we see i mean if you look at the last five laps of the women's race, like all the crits this year and even yeah. last year, Legion is just dominant at the front. Yeah. And uh, it, it's tough for us. Like we've matched trains at some races, but some races I'm stuck sitting on the train and it is, they say the front of the race is the supposed to be the safest part, but trying to sit on that train is probably the most dangerous part. <laughs> like there's yeah. like very little respect from other riders and it gets really boxy. And I mean, it feels like a track race, which it's fine for me, but it, yeah, that's definitely, I think where you see a lot of crashes is right behind that dominant team when everyone's just fighting for that wheel. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and I guess coming from that, like, I think best buddies has hit the hack on Legion. Are we going to see mm -hmm. a DNA? Are we going to see a DNA hack here soon or like in Boise or? Has it been talked well, about? Well, that's the plan. Uh, <laughs> we're figuring it out. It's been a process this year of figuring out how to beat them. I mean, they're a phenomenal team with two pairs of sisters. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's it's really it's a it's a challenge to figure out how to just outsmart that kind of dynamic. And I mean, we have such a good vibe on our team, and I think we're getting there. And I mean, we've had two wins so far this season over them. And yeah. so we're, we're slowly unlocking the key and then hopefully it's unlocked now in Boise and Salt Lake. We'll just be, we'll be the female best buddies, you know? Oh yeah. No. Well, I think you guys would be, they can be the male DNA. That's what, what they we're, can be the male DNA. There yeah, we go. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, that being said, you're coming off, you're coming off the win at Harlem, which was super sick by the way. Um, What's next for you? Like, I mean, you got road, you said road nationals and what's, com what's coming down the pipeline for Maggie? 
Yeah, we have uh, road nationals, and so this week, and then I'll go to that last weekend at T Town that I think everybody is going to. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> so that's, what that's what I'm hearing. Like we were we were wondering where everybody's at, and like it seems like GB's showing up. Like six more Canadians are showing up, the Colombians, and I think everybody's just taking the JFK flight. I think to some Kiwis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's the the JFK. Is there just not a crit that weekend? Is that what's happening? Yeah, there's no crit and it's, I mean, it's right before Cali and good points. And I think it's going to be like almost a world cup fast kind of feel. Oh, you think it's going to be that legit? At least, at least on the women's side, it sounds like a lot of people are coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know one woman that's coming who's pretty much the best in the world, which is Jen. Mm -hmm. And so she'll, Mm -hmm. she'll, she'll be there. You'll be there. What other women are you thinking that are coming that I don't know about? I think Michaela Drummond and some of the Kiwis are coming over. Oh, shit. Yeah, there's like five more Canadians coming down who are pretty strong. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some Europeans on their way to Cali. Yeah. It would, so. it would only make sense. I mean, if you flew in, because like you can get a direct flight into Newark, JFK, or Philadelphia probably. And, mm-hmm. and then boom, just pop over a direct flight to Cali. You know, just yeah. stop in, see one points and hop out. Cause we saw what was it last night we were getting Mexican food. Hooglin's out and about with, with Lavraisen and then um and I'm spacing on um spacing on oh the Brits are here as well. And so yeah. it's it's like all of a sudden we went from a, just a few small countries with these C twos to boom, everybody's in town. So Which yeah, is cool. Like it's yeah. super cool. And I s and you know, not to start drama, but I saw the recent signing, which was super late to Star Trek, which like, how the heck did that come about? You know, where was that conversation had? Yeah, because when I'm checking, when I'm going through the list of registrants as a, you know, not athlete, John, I'm I'm team director, John, and I just see Maggie, yeah. and I'm like, oh, Canada, what is Grant on the, oh, how did this happen? So how did that all, <laughs> how did that all come about? Well, I've known uh, Pete for a while, and we, oh yeah, and yeah, we just started chatting about trade teams, and it's super cool that there are these trade teams. Um, Canada, which is really neat, is trying to diversify the, like, World Cups, and, like, kind of giving us one opportunity each, and so, like, moving forward, I would like to get more than one World Cup, and um, also, it's honestly quite expensive to be a part of the national team right now so having a little extra support to do some of these uh races and get some of these points is going to be really helpful to my bank account it's expensive how now like because you know there's a few national team members and people that are chasing their own dreams so like you know we outside looking in maggie it's so easy to look at your instagram and be like fuck she has a cool life like, you know, so like, let's hear about the struggles of Maggie right now. So what, what are you even talking about? Like, there's this financial struggle, struggle. Are you saying like, you know, with Canada, is it hard to get to events or like, how's it, how's it all work out? Uh, well, like new this year, we do have project fees. Okay. So that's, um, so like for world cups and everything, uh, we have that back. So that just makes everything a little more expensive. So you just like, Um, you pay like a start or like you pay like a stipend or whatever to a mechanic or something like that. Or like, how's that work? 
uh, to the national team. So they have like okay. set fees for events. Um, and then, I mean, there's like certain flights and baggage we have to pay for. And I mean, like, yeah. no, it, no, no, I, I sound you. like I'm whining, but like, it's, it is weird to be at this point and like unfortunate for a lot of athletes who just don't have the means to be able to like afford that. No, for and sure. And may eventually have to make choices of what events they do at some point. But um, no, I think a lot of yeah, you know how that. national teams are. They ebb and flow, and for it's sure. not it's not unique for a national team to have that at all. Well, yeah, but, we're paying yeah. like so. We're going there with we're going there with our trade team, which our trade teams. Uh, luckily enough, we have great sponsors, and they're funding the majority of it. But we're also riding Team Pursuit with Team USA, but we still have to pay. For our hotels and everything else so like mm-hmm. we're there with under one event with team usa but we're, we're essentially paying our way to go um yeah right and so it it is it is like kind of that question mark and that you know well why won't they pay for x y and z and they did they they did help us with some costs they're going to help with mechanics and stuff like that so it's not like all on us there's no bad blood or animosity mm-hmm. there but it, it's it's just as hard as it is for the athletes. I think it's hard for some of these federations. Like, oh, and absolutely, and cycling you know? straight up. Like, cycling isn't huge in North America, so like yeah. I do see it, and I know sponsorship and post pandemic like that flows in and out. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's frustrating for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, are you just racing everything in Cali, or what races are you doing? I'm not going to Cali, actually. You're not going to Cali, Columbia, Boise. No. Oh, see, I saw you on the I saw you on the start list with Star Trek, and that's where I pulled it up. Oh, yeah, I was put on the start list. I, it, it's complicated. I, yeah, but no, I'm not it, doing Kelly it, it makes it sense. It does now. overlap with Boise. Oh, okay. Yes. So. Sorry, that's where you saw me. Yeah, I will be doing T Town with Star Trek. Got um, it. and there's a tentative with Cali, but yeah, because it's overlaps with Boise. I'm doing okay. Boise with DNA. So yeah, how do you make these decisions? Because you're not only are you dominant on the track but you're dominant in the crit racing world too. So like literally you come off of racing champs league and then boom, you're like straight into road racing. And then like, I've, I actually have never seen you rest. Like I so that's <laughs> not true. When you do rest, you rest super hard. And it's like two weeks of you just buy a pool and, <laughs> and, and eating breakfast with Sam Morrison and, and doing, um, and doing uh yoga. Like that's your, it's like yeah. two weeks of that. And then it's just like full gas racing. To be fair, after track league, I was absolutely spent and like didn't touch a bike for all of December. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And at that point, we were supposed to have nationals early January. So I was like, well, I'm really tired, but I really don't want to ride a bike. Yeah. But we have nationals, but then nationals were canceled. So it was all fine. <laughs> the only time you've been okay with nationals being canceled. Yeah. yeah the only time I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Right on. And so, so like, how do you, how do you do that? Like, you know, because I'm, you know, there's some people that just race really well into fitness. I'm not one of those people. Um, so how do you manage the training and, you know, even the diet, like out on the road, like that's like one of the hardest things to do. Um, like, how do you manage all that? Yeah. So, well, when you're back to choices, when it's like, there's a Cali world cup and there's Boise and there's track, like track and road overlapping. That's the, and how do you even get to that? Like, I would think you would rather go to the nation's cup. Yeah. And I mean, a huge part of it is like upfront negotiating with both the team and the national team, just kind of what, 
events I'm going to do and making that decision early because there's so much overlap now with track being during the summer. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I have contracts with both, so I have to honor both and <laughs> yeah. what I get. And uh, then also I have to weigh in how much I've been traveling. And uh, for example, like even if I could do Kelly, that's another big travel. Big like, day. I've been traveling. It's a big travel day and I've been traveling every week this month and honestly I just need to like chill and stay kind of local for a bit so I don't hit burnout because there are big things coming later this summer and fall um as for like diet and travel and all that stuff I guess you just figure I don't know I I think when I'm traveling just (laughs) keep eating eat as much as possible the last thing I want to do is like burn out from traveling not eat enough get sick uh, I try to make healthy choices, try to eat yeah. vegetables whenever possible, which isn't usually, which is tough in airports yeah. and stuff, but I don't know. You just kind of figure it out and figure out what works for you and try to think like an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And so like, what, how did the national team kind of take it that, you know, cause I feel like it's, it's one or the other right now, like with, with how national teams are responding to these new trade team roles. Cause a lot of riders, you know, I pitched this idea of a trade team back in October to certain riders. And they were like, ah, mm-hmm. nah, like, you know, we can't ride Omniums anyway. We can't do this anyway. Like, if our national team starts, like, there's really no point in us doing it. And it's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And then even, it was it was a surprise to me, too. Like, when they released that rule, pretty much saying, yeah, like, we'll do qualifications if we have to. Like, mm-hmm. you can start. You just don't score points for your nation. It's like, whoa, it's a different, different ballgame. And so... How was, because now that, you know, that essentially gives you three opportunities in theory versus Mm -hmm. the other girls who possibly only get one. And so how is the national team responding to that? You doing that? Like, are they thinking, oh, Maggie's going rogue or they're rogue? Are they like, oh no, go all for it. Uh, There honestly hasn't been much discussion about it. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. So, I mean, they haven't been not supportive about it yeah uh when i told them like i was signing in recent cali they were like okay thanks for the heads up essentially um but yeah it is an interesting thing i mean <laughs> the na- national team and track sometimes feels like a bit of a hustle Very much so, <laughs> yeah. person just like yeah you try to get yourself experience you try to do this do that um and so and i also think because of the project fees and the cost of the national team, there is an understanding that this is a bit of a more like financially financial decision as well as an experience decision of. Yeah. Especially with a girl like you, like, I feel like, you know, you've had champs league, like you've had a lot of opportunity. Like, didn't you pay your way for Pan Ams? Like, was it last year? You were just like, hey, I want to go. And you raced everything for Canada, right? Or something like that? Like, it was- I, I didn't actually. They sent me. It was, again, a bit of an interesting situation. But um, but you got like second I in just, the 500 or something yeah. like that. And then you like raced the scratch race like shortly thereafter. I, like, I just went and raced everything. It was like I was already vaccinated down in the States. And they just ended up sending just me. like, um, And I was down there. And I was like, hey, why not? <laughs> Let's just do everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. And so I guess, I guess that going forward, like, 
what's the goal for Maggie? Like, because, you know, me as a track guy, like I'm thinking like track worlds, I'm thinking this, like I would never skip a nation's cup for a crit. Like there's so many different mm-hmm. things that like I wouldn't do, but like, what, what is Maggie's overall ending goal? Like, where do we see Maggie in 2024? Like, do we see her in the world tour? Do we see her track Olympian? Like what, what's the goal? Or is it all well, of it? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully track Olympian, maybe all of it. I mean, you look at so many riders, especially in the female peloton, like you look at the classics, you look at ride London, like all those riders who are most of them in like the top 10 are track riders yeah. and doing the world cups and the world championships, which I think is super cool. And so I do see like a huge trajectory for myself on the road in the next few years. And I mean, getting over and doing the classics is a really big goal of mine and something I aspire to do. Um, and, but then also the Olympics. And I think I've really figured out over the past few years that doing all these road races, like you say, racing into fitness, um, like that really works for me and doing bigger road miles and stuff has made me a lot stronger on the track, which I mean, we've seen with a lot of riders and there's a kind of logical correlation or scientific correlation with that. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I want to continue like this upward trajectory on the road and then, but also 2024 on the track is like huge if I was going to put one priority ahead of everything else like that's it and is that in the Omnium or is that team pursuit Madison or is it like uh, the whole all three whole gambit whole gambit yeah (laughs) so and then when are they making so have they made Canadian are you doing like Commonwealth are you doing uh they doing this podcast coming out (laughs) um preferably tomorrow can we not say well, we can't say any news yet, All right, but hopefully, cool. I, you, yeah. you can just give me the details after because now I really want to know, and then I won't tell anyone. Yeah, I promise, I promise, a pinky promise. Like I said, big things coming up this summer. That's fall. really exciting. So, and I guess you know before we dive into questions because we got tons of questions, and I'm gonna have to like read through them because some are a bit odd. Um, Classic. A lot of people just yeah, people are weird. Um. But uh, I guess, you know, you did Champs League. I didn't watch the series. You won a race at Champs League. What mm-hmm. did you think of Champs League? Like, how was it for you? Like, you, I guess you knew about the uh, documentary series, which seemed to be pretty cool. But, like, it honestly seemed to be, like, real world. Like, when I was just, like, watching through, like, the lens of the POV at home, it's like these countries are hanging out with each other. They have this gym. They're all living in a house together. And then they're all racing together in these different countries. And yeah, it just seemed like this real world version of bike racing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my gosh. TV show. Yeah. Track league was like everything I think bike racing should be. (laughs) Like it was exciting. It was fun. Like it got to know the other 72 riders so well racing with them. And then like parting with them after that and living with them and training with them. And, um, the the whole thing was just so cool and like living with like Kendall Ryan who I just didn't really know that much but we grew super close over that yeah month and a bit whatever that we were over there um and yeah then the documentary came out and like everything about it was just so hyped and 
I really can't wait to see like where they go. Like that was their first one. And I think they did a great job for their first track league. And so I really can't wait to see where like the organization goes from there. And I mean, they just released this year's dates. So hopefully hoping to be there again. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so how did you manage to get a spot? Because it seemed like all kinds of people, either they were past world champions, they had some sort of influence or they just had a crazy race that looked cool and because they wanted athletes that were exciting and, and they also wanted diversity. And yeah. I mean, if speaking of athletes that are exciting, put you in an elimination race is a pretty exciting thing to watch. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming like, where did, where did the, was the result there? Like, yo, we need Maggie or do you, do you know? Well, so like part of their selections, they were just bringing in people who either were from like the countries that, the rounds were going to people like you said who were just like have a huge history in track um but then also like the olympic champions were invited and so jen had an invite and then in the scratch race and then it was also at the world championships top three in a few events were selected and i was fourth in the scratch race and jen was second or third yeah um and so she, that spot was already offered to her and because she denied it, then I was able to get like kind of bumped up to that oh, that's podium sick. invite spot. So yeah, kind of found my way in. They came up to me right after the scratch race at track worlds last year and offered me the place. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I almost cried. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, well, that's, that's kind of crazy too. It's like, you know, you're coming off the bike race and it's like, Hey, do you want to do this epic you know, do you want to extend your season for another three months and live in Europe? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got, you might have to figure out a little bit of some of the cost of living, but, um, do you have the bandwidth to extend your season? Cause most people, which I think this is why Jen turned it down, but most people are just yeah. smashed. Like, yeah. And I, you saw that, like, I mean, people we were living with, like, even just me, like that whole month training was just a struggle (laughs) everyone was pretty tired we were just kind of living for the racing like training as much as possible you probably also heard that it was raining pretty much the entire time we were in Mallorca so you know just made training extra fun um and yeah like it was a very exhausting month but I am really glad I did it and uh yeah but I do think that like extending the season like I was just planning on doing nothing like my December of not touching a bike that was supposed to be my November (laughs) and then I was supposed to be prepping for national so it does kind of impact like everything coming up but I think it was such a worthwhile experience and got me so much like just even just race experience that at that level with those riders that I haven't really gotten prior to that um and then just exposure and media exposure and all that. Like it was so good for so many different areas. Did you get any feedback on, on like, uh, the series? Like, you know, cause it seems like they tried to do something like they're, they're doing an F1 right now where it was mm-hmm. like this like series, like in the nitty gritty of the lives of the riders and like the racing and, and stuff like that. Like, did you get any feedback from the series? Are they going to do it again? Are they going to make it bigger? Like, do you know any of that stuff? Well, from what I understand is they did sign with discovery for a while, like their contract. And so my understanding and guess is they're just going to try to grow that. Um, 
and probably bring back athletes who did well last year and just try to build like a fan base. Um, and like, so I don't know how this year's selection or who's going to be invited or how that will work. But from like the feeling I got from talking to them last year and seeing this year's documentary that came out. Uh, yeah, I think they're trying to make it the F1 of track cycling and like did a really good job with that already. But yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. So now let's, let's just dive into some questions real quick. We just got a few. I've weeded out some of the weird ones. Actually, I'm going to start with one from a guy you may know by the name of Sam. Um, he says, why do you like fish so much? What is this about? Uh-oh. Why do I like fish so much? Yeah. Um, well, I actually I do like fish. Yeah, no, hope- no, this is, that's a legit question. I okay. want to be an aquatic vet when I'm done uh, no shit? cycling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> vet school is in my future hopefully okay um and i grew up on a river and i was a really weird nerdy kid and we had salmon in the river and after they like spawned and died i used to like go dissecting them and just like that's some, understanding that's parts either of fish. either you're gonna be a vet or a serial killer yeah that's the the route that you're down <laughs> well i did contemplate forensic scientists as well so you know there, there yeah. is a balance okay in there. okay 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 <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just, and I also like always had aquariums all over my house and just fish and experimented with fish and like, yeah, I was really nerdy in that way. So no, that's sick. And this next one is, uh, I don't think it's a question. It's more or less a, a, a thank you. The two Canadian fixed gear dudes say, thank you for the pick. Rad to meet you in person. So oh, rad to I'm meet assuming, them too. That I'm was assuming so cool. that was from Harlem. Um, yeah. And then you've kind of already answered this, but if you want to dive into it a little bit more, how do you balance everything in life? This is from Trent Carter. And I, I definitely agree with him. Like, how do you balance everything in life uh, between, I mean, literally you seem to have a full gas social life, full gas media life, full gas yoga life, full gas road cycling life, and then full gas track cycling life. And so how do you, yeah, how do you balance everything in life? Well, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I think every Instagram versus everything... reality. <laughs> Instagram versus reality. I mean, I do my best, but I think everything ebb and flows. Like yeah. during the pandemic, I started doing so much. I was working a part-time job. I was training. I was doing full-time school. I was finishing my yoga teaching. And I think doing like all that, but obviously I had no social life because of the pandemic. And so doing all that just kind of led me to this point of like, I really can't do it all. And I really admire all those people who like are finishing their degree while racing their bike while doing all that. Um, But I realized like I could do it all at 60 or 80%, but I don't want to do that. Like I want good grades so I can get into vet school. I want to put everything into cycling. Um, When I would teach yoga, I really want to teach in person. I don't want to like try to do this online thing. So I think everything just like, I I figure out at what point in my year and like my life that I want to put my effort into so I can do it hundred percent. So like right now it is cycling and I mean, there is the downtime, so I can do have a media life and like I'm with people all the time. So that's kind of my social life. Um, And then, yeah, I do a bit of yoga right now, but like that's something hopefully in the winter I can do more of, or if I'm at home for a chunk of time, do some teaching there. So like, 
yeah, I like keep my foot in the door with all my passions and like, I'll take a course here and there, but like, I just want to do everything at 100% and not spread myself thin. So no, I don't really balance it. That's kind of like you, in going a to sense. Pan, it's like you going to Pan Ams and just racing everything. Cause you're there. Um, <laughs> fucking mad yeah, dog. basically that's a good, that's a good, uh, mad dog. Saying, you know? all right. So two more questions. What's your go-to race day breakfast? Does it change? Mm. For you? Is it different on like non-race days? I feel I eat the same uh, thing every day, I think. I pretty much eat the same thing every day. I mean, if there is a sick buffet sick at the buffet. hotel we're at for oh, yeah. race day, I mean, I can get like tempted into pancakes and waffles or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, I, I am a hardcore oatmeal girl. So yeah. favorite. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm spinning off his question. Favorite uh, World Cup hotel breakfast, right? Like you have to have a. Oh. That's a good one. Uh, I think Glasgow was for me like it's usually pretty good. Glasgow was I can't even remember it. My brain is just gone. Um, <laughs> Hong Kong was amazing. Oh yeah, see, I've never been. To, yeah, I've never I, I been feel to like Asia, that might have that to take the cake. Good. Okay. Well, in the evening they had a full like ice cream bar. Jeez, <laughs> sounds yeah. like danger. Um, and yes. then last one. Um, this is probably from somebody you race in the Peloton with, but they need a gym routine. Like what are your gym, what's your gym routine look like and how many days per week and how the fuck do you even do a gym routine if you're gone all the time? I feel like trying to find a gym. I find gyms. (laughs) It is, you know, you look at my Google searches, the most common is probably gym near me. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I do like in season anywhere, just one to two times a week. Um, in season very like power explosive focus yeah. uh, nothing that's going to fatigue me especially when I'm racing every weekend um but I've always felt gym has helped me a lot and in like out or in the off season I'll do it three times a week and I like what I do I it's like pretty simple what I do with my coach like we stick with the major like squats and deadlifts and like it's it's not rocket science but don't it's all designed yeah. don't overcomplicate it but it is all designed by my coach and like very like well thought out about where I'm am at my season or what I have coming up and stuff so it's like not a straightforward this do this 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 yeah, yeah. at this point yeah Word. all right well last question we ask everybody on the podcast this one special lovely question if you could have a cup of coffee with one individual dead or alive who would that individual be how would you take your coffee and it does not have to be a cyclist like it, can be it does not have to be a cyclist no. um and the reason why well, I, I think this, like just straight yeah. off the cuff is because i feel like if a higher power was to give you this opportunity it would be like a split second thing like you have to make a decision yeah um well true to my canadian roots and also because I think he's an amazing actor, uh, Ryan Reynolds. I would okay. love to have coffee with Ryan Reynolds. And maybe one day he'll listen to this or I'll see him in Vancouver and that can actually be a possibility. I, and... I hope it's I hope it's the first part because then it's a win-win for both of us because if he listens to my podcast, that's fucking <laughs> Um, But I don't see why true. he would listen to my podcast. Like you have a better chance of seeing that's him true. in Toronto. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I just take like a flat white. Flat you know, white. Classy, simple. Yeah. For you, for Seems you, kinda... for you, American folk that don't know what a flat white is, uh, just Google it. 
because if I say it, I'm probably going to say it wrong. Um, but anyways, Maggie, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out Maggie's social media down in the description below. Make sure you shoot her a message. Don't say anything weird to her. Just say, hey, you listen to her on this podcast. <laughs> Ask her questions. Um, I'm assuming she gets weird DMs all the time, so don't be that person. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Thanks for having me.